businesses are very campaign focused or you know get to market focused and they're not really thinking about their brand and this is something that we ask our, all of our clients to do is know who you are first before you start promoting what you do it's really hard to see yourself and it's really hard to see your business and the more that we exist inside a business I think it's harder to kind of really understand how the market feels about us and you do need that external source sometimes when we exist in the forest we can't kind of see the wood from the trees. Welcome to episode 155 of Be The Drop, a weekly interview podcast sharing stories from people who inspire and motivate others to help you learn how to tell your story. I'm Amelia Veal, Director at Narrative Marketing and firm believer in the superpower of storytelling. Australians average somewhere between five to seven career changes in their lifetime, which builds a diversity of knowledge and experience. Our varied life journeys require adaptation as we develop new skills and abilities. In a similar way, businesses need to change and adapt to evolving market conditions. And one key to this is improved creative intelligence. Kiva Stratton is the director of Quip Brands, a collection of experienced and inspired storytellers. Kiva has studied and practiced communication through language, film, and even law studies. Kiva combines this expertise to help her clients develop bold ideas that capture attention. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Kiva explains how to use your authentic voice to expand your branding. Kiva teaches us to elicit emotion in our stories, to learn from diverse perspectives and shares her top tips to help businesses build their creative intelligence. This is Kiva's version of Be The Drop. When I find something useful for my business, I like to share the love. For royalty-free music on podcasts and videos, we love Soundstripe. It's got lots of great tunes and no boring elevator music. As a Soundstripe partner, we're excited to offer you a 10% discount code. There's a link in the show notes or enter the code BETHEDROP at checkout. Kiva, thank you so much for joining me for the next episode of Be The Drop. Thanks, Amelia. Very excited to be here. Good. And you have brought in two items of significance today. I have. And this is just going to give us a little bit about you and your story. So it's far away. Okay. Well, um, I've got one here, which is, I suppose, a little bit humorous. We've got this little name plaque and it goes back to a time when I was about 16 years of age and I had a little bit of an ego back then and I was with my best friends who I'm still very close with now and we were talking about where we're going to be when we're older and our dreams my dream back then was obviously to be a film director and um, you know I said I can see my name in lights I can see my name on the door and my best mate just beautifully quipped at me and said yes I can too Kiva Stratton janitor And then a few years ago, we both got admitted at the same time and became solicitors. And so I've got this lovely plaque now that was sent by my friends, which reads Kiefer Stratton janitor crossed out and now says solicitor. It's a little bit of a a reminder for me that, um, you know, you have to dream big, but you also can't take yourself too seriously. 
Oh, I like that. And what about your second item? So my second item, this one's um, a little bit sadder. So I've got a photo here of a dear friend of mine, Beck, and I on the red carpet of the Sydney Film Festival. Um, sadly, I lost Beck about four years ago, but she was the most enigmatic and incredible friend. And she really reminded me that, you know, to have those dreams again and to just go out there and take on the world. And so I keep this photo on my desk because I always think whenever I get a little bit scared or a little bit hesitant or think, oh, maybe I'm not good enough or maybe I shouldn't do that. I think, well, what would Beck say? And she'd say, you know, grow a pear keeper and get on with it. So that's, that's why Beck lives on my desk. And um, yeah, she's a really good reminder that you've just got to sometimes kick yourself in the ass and keep going for it. Oh, that's brilliant. Everyone needs a friend like Beck. <laughs> that's amazing. And even though she's not with you anymore, she's still obviously influencing you, which is lovely. There's many elements to keep it. So you've mentioned film and solicitor but you also run quick brands so give us a quick summary of you know some of these things and how they come together yeah well I, I was at a mentoring event earlier this week with high school students and it was quite interesting because they're kind of mapping out their journey and one of them asked me well you know tell me about your journey and it's it's a journey that probably isn't very linear which I think this generation will probably understand a lot more but I started initially wanting to be a film director, went off to university to study that. I was producing a, a national science fiction radio show. And of course, I don't even know who, um, you know, Dr. Spock is or whoever these people on Star Trek are. I'm a terrible science fiction person. So it was a weird experience, but one that taught me that, you know, you've just got to go out there and try different things. It was my first time encountering big authors and, and you know, big egos and learning how to manage that as a young female. So that was really valuable to me. Ended up as a traffic manager national traffic manager for the Australian traffic network. That's the person that schedules all the ads. So, you know, you're kind of dealing with thousands upon thousands of adverts and you're moving them around like a chessboard. That was really fascinating and taught me a lot about campaigns and how to time campaigns and how best to get impact. From there, I became the national creative director because I kept rewriting the campaigns. I didn't like them um, and spent effectively about 10 years in that role before venturing over to a not for profit for a year. There I was running um, some communications and their ambassador program and that exposed me to a whole different style of comms and management and eventually started Quip, which was 10 years ago now. So it's been a bit of a journey. I ended up studying a master's of criminology because one of the things I love to do is write and I was writing a screenplay. Figured I didn't know anything about crime and so I figured I'll go and do a master's of criminology and it <laughs> absolutely changed my life. It was the best degree. And I was thinking, wow, I've missed my calling here. I really should be a lawyer. That was a mistake. I went and I enrolled in my Juris Doctor. I got to property law and realized that there is no future in law for me. I went on to finish that, got admitted, and um, all the while was building my business in the background. <laughs> I love it. So definitely not linear. I think you summed that up from the beginning. But how do all of these experiences interplay with what you deliver for your clients? And, and one of the things you really focus on is creative intelligence. You know, is these aspects of these experiences part of what you draw into that? Absolutely. And I think why I really loved um, the Masters of Criminology is because it's about human behavior and understanding human insight, which I think is a really important part of creativity. And when we talk about creative intelligence, that's the kind of 
knowledge base that we're talking about. It's really about understanding the bigger picture, understanding the human engagement and connection. So not just the creative output. I think that when you marry the two, when you, you bring those insights and intelligence together with the creativity, that's when you've got something really powerful. And I think the reason why our clients love coming back and working with us is because we don't just provide strategy or we don't just provide the creative output. We combine the two and make sure that they work seamlessly together. Mm. And what do you think are the key requirements for that? Like, you know, how do you make sure that that works seamlessly together? I think you've got to bring together a diversity of knowledge. So with a lot of professionals, we grow up in an industry, we become very narrow in our focus. And so we might become fantastic doctors or lawyers or um, property developers. And our knowledge is very much around that particular worldview where I feel like if you bring together a collective of people who have a real diversity of knowledge, diversity of creativity, and a diversity of, of worldview, you're going to get a very different result and bring together something that's a bit unique. When I look at my team, for instance, I mean, apart from the fact that I think we've got seven degrees combined, we were counting them the other day because that's what we like to do with our spare time. Um, <laughs> I think that when you bring those skill sets and worldviews together and we're quite different in age and um, obviously gender, you start to be able to look at things through a very different lens. So that's what we like to offer our clients is that, that different lens and open them up to possibilities that perhaps they haven't seen before. Mm, I like that. And I love the analogy of the lens. And obviously, you know, you wanted to be a, a film a film creative director or, or whatever it's be in the film and, and you're screenwriting as well. So what is it about that medium that you find really attractive to the lens? I've always really loved great dialogue. So one of the things that I was always very attracted to was films that had incredible dialogue. So people like Tarantino, for instance, I think it's the most relevant skill that you can have with business communications. Now we're trying to bring down these barriers of, of business and customer. We're trying to create an engaging conversation and for a business to be able to do that, they need to understand dialogue. They need to be able to build their own voice. They need to be able to have a conversation that maintains their sense of value or their unique point of difference or, you know, keeps them as a trusted resource if they're a particular business type that needs that. So you've got the credibility with your customer, but you also know how to have that human conversation. I think this is a classic example of, you know, when you transfer skills and I suppose being a scriptwriter, being someone who's fascinated by dialogue, I find that sense around communications and branding to be really seamless and and quite um, fun. Mm. And what is what is your experience, you know, with businesses and clients that you're working with? Of you know, what are their biggest challenges in this process of creating a dialogue that their customers can relate to and creating those engaging conversations? What what are the things that you see are the barriers for 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 businesses? There's a lot of fear around, I suppose, you know, making sure they're compliant and making sure that they're not promising things they can't deliver or they're, you know, becoming too conversational, that they're losing that sense of authority. So I think it's a little bit around putting in place 
a, a really kind of clear workflow, some checks and balances, making sure that um, you can kind of communicate freely, but you're doing so with with certain, um, I suppose, awareness of, of how that could be interpreted or um, understood. So I would love to see businesses become bolder in how they communicate. I'd love for them to really genuinely try new ideas, but I also think there's, there's a lot of fear because reputation is so vital today as well. So many businesses are very campaign focused or, you know, get to market focused, and they're not really thinking about their brand. And this is something that we ask our, all of our clients to do is know who you are first before you start promoting what you do understand where you sit in the market, how your customers actually see you, why you even matter to them, if you matter to them. It's going to mean that when you do go to market, it's going to feel a lot more seamless with your messaging and your marketing campaigns. But I would say to businesses, you know, be bold, look at getting a creative strategy in place, think about your brand foundations, do that work and properly invest in it. And then you can actually go to market and build campaigns that are, you know, that you know, they're relevant to your customers. They feel seamless and they feel natural. Mm, and they truly represent that brand because they've come from within. Absolutely. And they're true to who they are. They're true to the values. And I think there is this human nature where we try to resist actually going deep. And often with brand, you are going deep. You've got to ask some hard questions. You've got to look at your business in the same way that an individual might need to critique their own way that they're perceived in the world. And that can be hard. You can get into some hairy conversations. We've had a few tears and we've had some people come back and change their entire business from just working on their brand strategy because they, for the first time, can see it almost, you know, in a way that they couldn't before. Mm, again, it comes back to that lens analogy. They're really opening up the lens. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's really hard to see yourself and it's really hard to see your business. And the more that we exist inside a business, I think it's harder to kind of really understand how the market feels about us. And you do need that external source. Sometimes when we exist in the forest, we can't kind of see the wood from the trees. Mm, great analogy. Now, I've asked you to think about a story and that's something, you know, on this journey, your nonlinear journey, Something that really stands out as a, a moment of, of learning, significant learning, and some lessons you've taken from that and how you apply them today. My greatest lesson over the past 10 years of running a business is if you're not feeling that sense of fear, you're probably not doing it right. This has been the biggest um, revelation for me, and it comes up time and time again in a number of ways. And most recently it came up when I was in New York um, in May, and I had signed up at the Gotham Writers for this thing called a write-in. And to most people, this would sound like torture. Essentially, you put yourself in a room with six strangers who you don't know, one of whom is an expert writer. The other five are also very, very talented. You get given three words, and you have 15 minutes to write a story which you then have to read out loud to all of these people. <laughs> um, and it just reminded me that, you know, there's not often that we take those kind of creative risks where we don't have the chance to prepare in advance. There's no way you could do that. Um, where we really put ourselves out there and just speak our ideas as they come to us. And yet, you know, you can get some incredible work out of that. 
I sometimes worry that with, um, you know, creative pitches or answering briefs, we spend so much time forming our ideas before we meet the client or forming ideas before, you know, we've even really got the insights that maybe we're just not opening ourselves up to the creative possibility and potential of that freedom of ideas. Of course, that requires us to take risks and, you know, that's something I would love for more businesses to be open to, just risking creativity. Mm, So moving away from that safe space. Absolutely. And I feel very protective of my team because we do have to go to places that are deeply emotional. We write often for a lot of um, not-for-profits and we are writing human stories, which, you know, are truly tragic. They are stories of death, of disease, of people in absolutely horrific circumstances. To go there and to write those stories and to build those ideas, you've got to put yourself in that sense of, you know, empathy that makes you feel really vulnerable, but that's where the best work comes from. And the same is true of commercial clients. If you're actually given the opportunity to go vulnerable and you need that protective space from the client where they fully back the process, where they're going to go, you know what, there are no bad ideas here. Let's just go through the process together, be open to it, allow us to prod them and and pull things out. I think that's where the best work comes from. Yeah, really, yeah, going deep. And I, and you use that word empathy. Um, and I know that's something that you, you're really passionate about and you've been talking and writing about. What is it that you think that empathy brings as a value to this conversation? I think empathy is probably what we're losing. The ability to truly stand in another person's shoes. We live in arguably the most connected era ever known to mankind. And yet somehow we've created these filter bubbles that enable us to exist in our own little world where we're hanging out with people who are very much like us. You know, they might be like us in terms of age, in terms of ethnicity, in terms of socioeconomic background. We're having people that are reinforcing our worldview over and over. And yet that worldview is becoming more and more narrow. So that's something that I I really worry about. And if we're talking about, you know, brands being able to reach and engage with their audience, they have to truly be able to understand what's going on in their lives, what they care about and why that matters. And it goes beyond just engaging them, but also when you're actually designing your products and your services to really be able to fill a need that's valid. I think we need to be able to get out there and understand what people's lives are actually like outside of our own and it's so true it is and we do get caught in these bubbles but you know and what would you say what is the step how do you do that how do you step outside those and really create a situation where you can have empathy for others and really be in their shoes how do we go about that I think we have to imagine differently and this is a a phrase that I'm taking from Ashley C Ford and she was talking about how our assumptions and our biases lead us to believe that we are interpreting the situation as it is, but it could be entirely differently. You know, I think that if we look at each situation and say, okay, this is what I believe here, but what if I'm wrong? What if there are alternate points of view? Where could I find those? Who could I be talking to? What could I be reading? That requires engagement and it requires people to go out there and seek that knowledge. But I have to say it, you know, I'm reading things, they blow my mind and I I love that. I love feeling a sense that, oh, 
maybe I'm wrong. Mm, it is being open to being wrong. And I think sometimes we kind of protect ourselves in wanting to be right, maybe. Absolutely. And one of the things I do love about my job is I get to interview a lot of people. There's something about interviewing people that I think is unlike any other form of interrogation or communication. You know, it, it gives you the chance to genuinely ask the questions that you're just not sure of. And I, I find that so fascinating because sometimes you get these answers and it's like, oh, I never would have thought of that or, wow, that's completely surprising and it changes you and that's, I guess, part of it. Mm, and it's so true. Obviously going through this process and interviewing people for the podcast, it is incredible the, the amount of different perspectives, which is it just only adds layers, you know, it's a, it's a great thing. So I have also asked you to think about two to three communication, top communication tips. There's probably many, but is there three that sort of stand out? I guess the first one, which I touched on a little bit earlier, is really invest in your brand before anything else, before you start marketing and, and before you start advertising or, or, you know, getting out there on Facebook, make sure you've got your brand foundations completely where you want them. And to do that, engage someone who, you know, you enjoy working with, but can actually deliver a great strategy in that area. Um, that probably leads me to my second um, recommendation, which is to work with the expert in that area. I'm a big believer that you've got to seek out agencies, consultants, experts who really are genuinely top of their game in their specific area. I don't think people should be afraid of engaging multiple agencies rather than just a single agency that, that does a, a sweep of um, communication products. Go and find the expert, find people you want to work with, but don't be afraid to top and change and get new perspectives. It's about knowing your strengths, knowing what you're good at and, you know, hiring the best of, you know, what you can't do for yourself. I think the third thing is, is learn how to work with creatives. Creatives are very different to other people. Um, I consider myself a creative, so I say that with love. I'm not saying that to, to be in any way derogatory, but um, the best creatives are sensitive, need trust. They need to, you know, it's almost like a plant. You need to really nurture them, feed them, give them some sunshine and allow them to do their thing. And of course you can put in your input and give them some, some helpful feedback, but so many times in the there is an article on my website about this. I just see clients kill the creativity before it's even had a chance for the idea to develop and form and really, you know, see what's possible. Treat your creatives well. You will get creativity that's above and beyond. Mm, and I suppose that really comes down to trust, doesn't it? You know, if you've gone and you've got the person that's the expert in the field, you've got that expert creative, then you have to trust that. Absolutely. And that's really on you with your hiring. I think maybe where some clients go wrong is they don't spend that time hiring and really getting to know the creatives and getting to know how they work and what their work is like, because there shouldn't be any surprises. If you've spent that time getting to know the agency that you want to work with and not just in a pitch, take them out for a coffee, ask them some random thoughts on the world, find out what their philosophical perspectives are, where they draw their creativity from, who their influences are. If you get to know that you'll know a lot more about your creative team than any pitch session mm, such good advice well thank you so much kiva in conclusion though can you share with me your be the drop tip if you can summarize all of these different thoughts into one sort of idea that is the top tip for communication that motivates and inspires action i think just be yourself 
but figure out who that is first. And again, that goes back to having your brand awareness and your brand foundation. We're often trying to be someone else. And that happens in business too. We look at, at the leaders in our field. We look at the companies that are doing it well, and we, we emulate that. But ironically, that's going to hold you back because what you're bringing to it and why you've come to that field is actually, that's the next thing. That's the next generation. And if that's what you're good at, be yourself and go into that, what they call it, the blue ocean space, don't they? Swim out in the blue ocean and let other people follow you. Oh, beautiful. Love it. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that.